Let's make today the day you start the business that will change your life. You'll learn how at Income School. Income School is about taking your income into your own hands by creating a website that people will love, building a following, and earning a living online. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Income School podcast. Today is a very special episode because I'm joined by John Zocco, and John is a He's a photographer. He also is a guitar tech for some very well-known bands with uh, millions of followers on Facebook. So he's in a really unique situation in starting his business because he has uh, some a little bit of an audience already started, and he has access to even bigger audiences to uh, to get his business rolling. So welcome to the show, John. Thanks. Thanks. Great to be here. Well, uh, John, I, I've already introduced a little bit about what you're trying to do, but explain to everybody uh, a little bit more of, of your plans with your business and if you have a domain name, kind of where you've started and, and the steps you've taken so far. Sure. Well, I've been a guitar tech for several years now. We tour worldwide. And in the last few years, I've also gotten more serious about photography. And some of the bands I've worked for have started using some of my pictures in either live albums or gear manufacturers have approached me and bought pictures. And, uh, and their Facebook following has been an advantage in that I, I can, they'll post a picture that I've taken and link back to my page. And then, like, obviously the followers, I'll get like two or 300 likes in an hour or so. I'm in a position where I've kind of got almost 2,000 followers now. So I'm not starting from scratch, but I'm kind of wondering where to go with this following I've already got. I'm not starting with zero and trying to get 100 people to show up. I know I can probably get, hopefully, you know, a, a decent percentage of them to come to the page when it's up and running. So I was just kind of wondering if I need to approach anything differently with kind of a built-in following already. And so are you, you're a guitar tech, so are you wanting to share photography tips for the concert photography you do or more on the guitar side? I'm leaning towards the photography thing because it's really what, what's kind of been my passion lately. Um, so I, I'm thinking of approaching it from tips like you know, on shooting either concerts or also in some of the locations that we travel to. We we go all over the world, so it might be I, I, hopefully interesting to talk about uh, for you know travel photography, these weird locations that we'll go to. We go everywhere, so um, so that's kind of what I'm approaching it is, is sort of a touring slash photography thing where people can kind of get it see what it's like touring and photography tips is related to touring and traveling and taking concert photos things like that mm-hmm. well i like if you that. think that's a good idea you know it's that's kind of wondering what you, what your take in it on that kind of thing is if it's a good niche or, or or if i should tweak it at all okay well uh i well i think that that might be great but let's talk just a little bit about the guitar just to understand that a little bit more so sure. you're you're being hired to do the guitar side is there a reason you're not interested in sharing that information well that's another question i had is i've also been playing guitar for about 30 years now um i've taught guitar a lot i've toured as a as a guitar player as well so um I'd almost like to, at some point, have two things going, and I don't know if that's too much of a of a task to take on, or if I should get one up and established, and then gradually launch maybe a guitar site with instructionals and you know tips and video lessons or anything like that. I'm, I'm thinking that might be cool as well. So, uh, is is it too much to take on two separate entities like that, or I mean? 
In the beginning, yes. In fact, yeah. I think it's so weird. I think everybody that I've ever worked with, about two, three weeks into their website, they start another one. Or at least they try to start another one. And I always think, right. wait, hold on, wait. <laughs> um, right. Because, I, I mean, we we... I mean, I want to see you really sink your teeth into something. Now, down the line, like what I'm doing right now, I started Improved Photography. I've been running it for three and a half years. And now I have some really good systems and processes in place to run that. And now I feel like I can branch out. But still, I you know, can barely keep my head above water running two websites, even after doing it for years. So I definitely say, you know, pick one. Are you right, more... Uh, I'm sure you love playing the guitar and you're good at it, obviously, but are you still passionate ab- about it enough to share the information about guitar? Or do I, you like the photography because it's a little bit more new? I feel about photography like I did about guitar when I started playing. It's like I'm really passionate about it. It's it's I'm trying to build that career and almost maybe transition into doing photography and doing an online blog, you know, and maybe getting off the road at some point. Um, so yeah, it, it reminds me of what our, where I was a couple decades ago with guitar and I'm really excited about it and I'm studying every day and all that. And whereas guitar, I still enjoy, but it's kind of like, eh, you know, sometimes it's more like a job or whatever. So it's, that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the photography end of the blog because it's like something I'm fired up about and really, you know, excited. And I've got, I've had a little bit of success with it now just with as far as shoots and selling some pictures and things like that so okay well i i think that that definitely settles it then I, that that's what i was hoping you'd say because i was wondering why you weren't interested in the guitar if that's obviously your expertise Right, right, yeah. And I've seen that several people, with, with several people that have emailed me from Income School that I've been, had conversations with, that they're professionals, they're really, really good at, at something, but they want to start their website about something else. And so my first thought is always, wait, if you're really good at that, you know, you probably have something to share. But there's also something to be said for being new, or, or newer, because then you, you, you know, you don't talk in a way that you've forgotten what it was like to be new. Even if you're really good at it, you at least, you understand the things that people are struggling with. With guitar, I mean, I'm sure you've worked with other people, but you've probably forgotten a lot about the things that you struggled with when you were brand new 10 years, 15, 20 years ago. And so, yeah. Anyway, okay, so we're going to work on on photography. Now, you talked about two things, the travel side of it and also the concert photography. I don't have a problem with people choosing a broad topic. My website is just about photography in general. I don't think that's a problem. But I I do think that you're going to alienate those audiences a little bit. Because the people who are who I find, since I'm in this niche, I, I know a little bit, uh, the people who are interested in travel photography are almost always older, retired people. They're people who have money, they're retired, they're traveling, and they're probably not going to rock concerts. Yeah. <laughs> and the people who are going to rock concerts are usually young, working, don't have a ton of money, and probably don't travel a whole lot. And so I feel like your audience could be fighting each other a little bit. Now, obviously, okay. you know, if you post a, a picture, hey, look, I'm in Singapore, you know, that's fine. Uh, you know, show the su- success of what you're doing and, and the dream of everybody in concert photography to be doing what you're doing. That's cool. I just don't want you to... I, just don't want your audience to be fighting each other is, is all. 
Sure, sure. So if it were me, I would really hone down on the concert photography. Okay. You have a, a, an incredible competitive advantage. I mean, think about you versus 50 other guys that are starting a concert photography website. Uh, you have like the super power play ace up your sleeve. One, you got an audience already coming to you because you're working with a band that has 4 million followers and you're getting some of those. Uh, you're getting those mentions. And um, so you have the built-in audience. And two, you have built-in shows that you can shoot all the time from around the world. That's incredible to have that kind of advantage over everybody else. If I were to stack up those 50 people to compete against you, you're going to squash them flat. So I think we got to build on that advantage. That's that's crazy, crazy. That's awesome. such a good advantage. Awesome. Very cool. It's been I've noticed an advantage as well as, as getting pictures to people that I might not be able to to get them to if I were just starting out like gear companies and magazines, I've had some ads in magazines, things like that, just because these guys in the band will say, Oh, Hey, this guy's got some pictures, you know, and they put them in touch with me. So it's, it's, it's cool to be in that spot where you don't necessarily have to claw your way through secretaries and a a bunch of levels of people to get to the people that are going to buy your photos. It's like those people can call and instantly we can set something up. So Heck guess, yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Well, I guess okay, after so hearing, after I mean, hearing you say it, it's, it becomes obvious after listening to you talk about it, it's like, oh yeah, I guess that should be the focus. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I'm sure people are a little bit annoyed with me that I haven't asked about the band. We talked about it before the interview started, but tell us about the band that you're working with. It's, I've been a bass tech for a band called Dream Theater for about five years now. It's a progressive rock metal band in, out of New York, but they have a good following in the States, but overseas they'll do arenas we go to south america and play hockey arenas or whatever they play down there um <laughs> like europe it's the Only same soccer. thing yeah it's pretty much football <laughs> yeah so um and i've also worked with uh, three doors down um uh the winery dogs is another up-and-coming band that i've been out with so it's been cool we've gotten gotten to travel a lot and and shoot like you said shoot concerts every night you know because uh-huh. i'm working but i still can grab a camera and shoot while i'm working which is kind of cool so um, but yeah, that's, so that's, that's been the deal. And in the last few years, I've also gotten serious about the photography thing and sort of integrated that in with what I'm doing. And, and it's, it's so far it's, it's starting to work out. All right. So, okay. Well, that's awesome. So, uh, we're going to do concert photography. Do you already have an idea for a name for a URL you want for your website? I, I do. I, um, I have a domain already that, that a friend of mine has gotten for me. I'm thinking the, the photo roadie.com photo roadie, like the photo roadie. Yeah. Because I'm that? a roadie. I'm a roadie with a rock band, and oh, roadie kinda, like like on the road with people. Oh, yeah. okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, so that's I've cool. Run, I've run that by some people, and they're like, "Oh, that's pretty catchy." Yeah, I think I like that. So, okay, just, you know, I, I figured it was a good way to tie in the whole live music thing with the photography thing. So, and it kind of seems to be a little catchy sounding. Hopefully, <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, that's cool. I want to make sure that the word concert photography is plastered all over this website and as soon as you go to it you know in an i mean a half a second that this is a concert photography website right uh, okay. i mean the first the way that you can do that is with your logo have you worked on a logo already i have not and that was going to be another question is how important is that to get going right away so i guess i'm assuming it's it's pretty uh you know pretty important a lot of people wait on the logo for me 
Yeah. I, I think the logo comes very first. I, I think okay. the logo is very important because it's, I mean, you're going to have people coming in and out and in and out of your website. And you've got to have that something that when they see it the next time, they'll remember they've been there and they had a good experience on the website sure. the first time. And so if you okay. wait on that, I feel like it's really delaying your brand from being built, especially right. in the beginning where you're doing a lot of work to get people there. So um, where I go for a logo is 48hourslogo.com. It costs okay, 100 yeah. bucks. You put up a $100 prize, and it really works the same as 99designs, but cheaper. And so you put up a $100 prize, and then designers from all over the world will submit uh, logos, and then you can pick from the best ones. I find that I get the best results. You know, if you just put on there, say, hey, I'm offering a $100 prize, and I want a logo for photography. You just get a ton of generic logos. I find that sure. the best logos I get are when I I put it up there and I say, I want a logo that shows a photographer like doing something cool, shooting up, you know, kind of like he's in a rock concert or something. And then like, you know, red, blue, green flashes behind him making just a silhouette or something just so it's immediately, you know, looks like uh, concert photography. And sure. if you kind of explain to them the concept of what you want, you get really, really good logos that way. Oh, great. Awesome. I will definitely try it. I've had a couple ideas on like, maybe a road case on stage with a camera strap, camera on a strap hanging off the case on a stage where you see, you see maybe like some concert lights, a case, and then maybe even have the website stenciled on the case. Uh-huh. And then the camera hanging off of it, something like that maybe. So Yeah, that's cool. So, I, I think the idea for the, the, the studio lights I think would be cool, the stage lights. Yeah. I think yeah, that okay. that's, to me, probably the most clear uh, signifier of, of what you're doing uh, right. or can, somebody with a can, guitar. I don't know. Yeah. Can you send them ideas like that as well? Do they, do they take like a, a picture that they can then sort of take as inspiration or is it just from scratch when they do that? Yeah, no. In fact, often when I submit a logo contest, I'll, they'll let you link to other logos. That you, you know, I kind of like this style, not to copy it, but you know, I like this style or I'll have my wife sketch it out, just a little drawing and I'll submit okay. it up there. But I think that wor- that works really well when you give them an idea. And and I, I always get great logos. All my businesses, the logos have been done from 48 hours logo. They do a really good job. Now, one other thing is after I get the logos, I'll always, you know, when it's, you know, the last day of the logo contest, it usually runs three or four days. Uh, the last day, I'll take a screenshot of all the logos that have been submitted that I like, and I'll post it just to my personal Facebook page and say, what do you guys think? And what I've found the last several times that I've done it is the logo that I was really had my heart set on, everybody hated. <laughs> and there was a strong <laughs> consensus among all of my Facebook friends toward a different logo. And so because you're in it and it's yours, you're going to you're going to just, you're going to, I don't know, you just get weird ideas. And so sure. it's, I'd run it by some people. And, and last time I, like it was a hundred percent of my Facebook f- friends said, no, don't do that. That's dumb. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> All right. So we got your logo. We got your URL. Uh, you said you're working on your hosting. Right. And um, then, and then where from there? From there, my existing Facebook page is just under my name. It's just John Zocco Photography. Should that be more tied in with the the brand of this blog now? Should I start a, another Facebook page or or change this one? Or I'm, I wasn't sure how to approach the existing page. It's more of a business page. So you might check the John Zocco Photography is a business is a photography is a sorry a Facebook page. 
It's not yeah, a group it's, it's, or your personal page. No, no, it's it's set up as like a fan business okay. page or whatever. Just with so, the um, I would check to see if you can change the name. Facebook okay. doesn't let you change the name once you reach a lot of followers. You know, once you once you're big enough, they don't want you to suddenly switch the game on people. You okay. might be small enough or early enough that they could that they might still let you change the name. My first thought is probably they won't let you, but you but you might check. I have been able to change a name okay. in the past, but I know they've Facebook's changed their policies on that a little bit recently. So okay. see if you can. If you can, then that's awesome. Um, if you can't, then it's tough because you already have 2,000 followers. Um, but, uh, boy, I, f- I feel like it's so important to have a unified brand everywhere you yeah. go. And yeah. so I, I can, I'm can i thinking right now of another photography business that has, like, you know, he works on his, his personal name, the podcast that he does, and also his photography business. And his brand is just a mess, man. It's just so hard to follow that when I was even sure. trying to follow his page, I wasn't even sure where to go. Like, where's everybody hanging out for this? Yeah. And so I, I really think we got to unify it. That's a okay. little bit of a mess if you got a lot of followers. What you may want to do is, is, I mean, just spam the crap out of that current page until you get everybody over there over to the other page just say hey this is closing down you gotta move and if other people you know if some people don't don't move or don't get the message they're probably people that weren't really engaged anyway yeah Um, yeah. but but i i I think it's important to do it's really a shame when you when you already have a little bit of an audience but i think it i think you know a year or two down the road when you have a hundred thousand fans you're gonna say i'm so glad i did that sure yeah okay cool i'll definitely check into that um Another thing is I've got a, a Zenfolio account, a pro account that I use to for galleries for, for when I do shoots for clients. They will go and pick out their stuff or whatever. And also I occasionally sell prints on there, not very much at all. But um, is should I integrate a Zenfolio account into the blog somehow, like link to it if people want to maybe buy prints or I'm not exactly sure how to approach if I should keep that Zenfolio thing going or so Zenfolio, for those not in the photography industry, Zenfolio is a website where you can, uh, it's just a photo sharing website. It just makes a website for you uh, where you can share photos easily. So since you're going to be setting up a WordPress website for your main blog, I would probably just embed your your Zenfolio into your main blog. Uh, because, okay. in fact, it could be kind of cool just in your main navigation, just have a My Portfolio tab. Uh, because okay, this is right. about you as the photographer, and so it could could make a lot of sense to to show your galleries you know in a prominent place on the website so people can see the work that you're doing right and there's also there's still the option to sell through zenfolio as well like yep. if somebody did want to buy a print or a digital download it, it's really easy to do through them as well um would it be an, a good idea to somehow to get a, an actual shopping cart on the wordpress site as well at some point um, and then also, I, I didn't want to conflict with like, they can go here and look at prints and buy prints, or you can get them on the website. I want to try to keep it as streamlined as I can. Well, um, I would say this. I, w- I have 750,000 people a month coming to my website, my photography website. I sell, oh, maybe seven, $8,000 worth of prints in a year. A year. Yeah, right. It's just so tiny. 
I would. Yeah. I, it's it's probably the main thing you're earning from photography right now because you're working as a photographer. But now you're going to be working on photography education, and so I would let that fade a little bit. I mean, if somebody wants to buy a print, you know, make it easy for them to buy a print. Don't ignore sure. that income. But at the same time, I think you got a much bigger play here with the education. So yeah, I, okay. I mean, make it easy for them, but but don't push it, especially to your followers. They just want to know yeah. how to take the pictures themselves. Cool. Awesome. And then uh, let's see. Let me refer to my list here. Here's the fine. other social, yeah, the, the other social media sites like Tumblr, Pinterest, Twitter. I mean, do you incorporate all those into what you do, or do you just kind of pick your couple that you sort of feel strongly about? Because it, it's sort of overwhelming with every, all these different social media outlets. It's like you can probably take a whole day and working on every single one of them. Is it best to just pick two or three that you really like? Yeah, I think it is. And I would do it where it feels natural to you. You know, if you're not a Tumblr guy, don't try to take over Tumblr. If you're not a YouTube guy, you know, maybe that's just not your thing if you don't feel comfortable on camera. I, I, I'd, I'd go where it feels comfortable. But also you want to go in a place that can send traffic to you. Twitter's one that I always really caution people on. I've seen people build up huge followings on, tri- on Twitter that can't get even a trickle of traffic to their website. So I'd caution there. But I think it, just about anywhere else is going to work fine. I think one that could just kick butt for you is Instagram. Do you do any Instagram? Yes, I do have an Instagram page, and it's maybe 160 followers right now, so not okay. a whole lot, but uh, I that's don't, one thing I... I don't do a ton with Instagram either, yeah. but I think for concert photography, wow, you, it could just be huge. Uh, one idea that actually a reader of my website gave me recently that I've been thinking about starting up is just, you know, you can do the clips of video now on Instagram, whatever they're 10, 15 seconds or something like that. And so what about if when you're at a concert, you just grab your stupid cell phone in selfie mode and just record a 10 second tip here or there. I mean, in in just one concert, you could record 20 of those. And then you just got a ton of content to be putting out on Instagram. Just a super quick tip, you know, about... uh, Hey, look, they have red lights on the stage. When I have red lights, I'm always worried about the color getting burned out, so I always reduce my exposure by a third of a stop with the exposure compensation. See ya, and that's it, you know? Yeah, Something yeah. like that on Instagram, that could be pretty cool. I, I think that could be could work well, especially for concert photography. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It seems that like, the, of- to me, the crowd that would be interested in concert photography is kind of an Instagram crowd. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because the the followers that I have, are, a lot of them are just fans of the bands too. Mm-hmm. So I know there's there's some photographers in a bunch that ask questions. So I'm curious to see where it kind of shakes out because there's tons of people that love seeing like behind the scenes pictures and mm-hmm. what happens backstage and all that. So I think if I can incorporate that into the blog more and, and maybe some Instagram stuff like that, where it's like, hey, here's here's the band warming up backstage, or you know, we're I'm kind of in that middle zone between there's photographers, but then there's also just fans, music fans. So that's why I'm kind of, I was a little confused at first about how to approach the thing. But um, as far as the Instagram thing, do you like cross posting also, or you just try to keep content unique on Instagram as opposed to your blog or your, your galleries? That's a little bit of a tough question. I, I've I've followed a few brands where they did one is is Libsyn the podcast hosting company. I tried to follow their new podcast so I listened to their podcast and I subscribed to it on my phone. Then I followed their Facebook page for the new podcast. 
And then I followed, you know, whatever else they had. I can't remember. Uh, oh, their, their blog on RSS feed. And so every time an episode came out, I got it on my phone. I already listened to the episode. And then they posted about it on their Facebook. And then I got it in my RSS feed. And I just, it was annoying. <laughs> right. And I eventually just unsubscribed to everything. Now, it would have yeah, made yeah. more sense if I just unsubscribed to two of them. But I, I just bugged me. So I quit. Sure, and yeah. so... I, I think it's fine to cross post sometimes, but you just you don't want to just slam all your social media outlets every single time. The way that yeah. I do it is I'll make a new post on the website, and if it's just a regular post, I won't put it on Facebook. If it's like a killer post, everybody's got to see this one, then I'll post it on Facebook too. And okay, yeah. with the email, I have different different content for that too. So I, I, I would be careful about that, but at the same time, you don't want to shortchange your content by not pushing it out to your audience. Yeah, I've been trying to do just unique things. Like if I'm going to put something on Facebook, I don't want the same thing on Instagram, so I'll maybe find a similar shot or from a you know, later during that show and put on Instagram so people can still have a reason to go to Instagram instead of going there and saying, oh, I, I just saw that on Facebook. Why am I going to come into Instagram? When they can mm-hmm. go to Instagram and say, oh, here's another shot from that same thing. Cool, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And you'll find that the different social media outlets also want different information. For example, when I share a photo that I took on Facebook, it's they're just, I mean, 350,000 of them, they just want to see the photo and like it and and cool. You know, if I post like a long tutorial with it, nah, they aren't going to read that. Not going to happen. So what I do now, because people keep asking, hey, I want to see more information about how you took that photo. And so I'll just share on Facebook just, you know, one quick tip that I learned by taking the photo. And then I have an email list that that's the behind the scenes. And if you want to know the camera settings, you know, how I got the idea for the photo, how I did the Photoshop for it, I send out a newsletter the day after I post it on Facebook so that you can get the full story. And then everybody kind of knows is, hey, if you really want to know about how he's doing this, you got to follow the newsletter and that's where you get that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. So so you recommend email list pretty heavily too, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm a little bit different than than some of the recommendations I hear from other internet marketing experts that uh, they'll often say, you know, the money's in the email list. And I always say, yeah, I mean, there's definitely money in the email list. and But at the same time, uh, you know, people are concerned that you just build up a following on Facebook, then Facebook changes something and you don't have an audience. What sure. I've seen is, I mean, I've been have my main community on Facebook for three and a half years and Facebook has definitely made some changes that made it harder for me. But at the same time, my income is going up by leaps and bounds every single year and still most of my income is still coming from Facebook. They're still changing things. They're making it harder. Every every few months they make something that I say, ooh, that's going to make it tougher. But at the same time, I'm still making a ton of money off them and it's gone on for three and a half years. And so I think it's it's still a great place to, to market. Email has done the same thing. It used to be a lot easier to get your audience to see your emails, but now things like Gmail tabs are putting our emails in the promotional or transactional emails and people aren't seeing them as well. So yeah. it, it's true everywhere you go that the, the network is going to kind of filter your messages out. That's going to happen yeah. anywhere, some better than others. But I just want to see that we're diversified just don't put all your eggs in one basket and i think you'll be just fine cool cool and i i was also wondering uh the frequency of posting at just right now since i just have facebook i'm always 
trying to find a balance between saturating it and having people say uh, another thing from him or or not posting enough. So what's do you have a recommendation as far as how often to, to post some content on a Facebook fan page? Is it once a day, twice a day? I mean, how, what's your take on that? I got an email from a, a business contact that I have that has 200,000 Facebook fans. And they had about a thousand of them engaged. Engaged means like, commented, or shared within the last seven days. And yeah. so out of 200,000, they only had 1,000 engage with their page within a week. And they emailed me and said, hey, what's the deal? We, you know, at the time I had similar numbers to that. I had similar number of fans, but I was getting 20,000 people in a week engaged. And they said, all right, you know, what is it? What, how do, what's wrong? And I looked at their page and they were posting three times every day. If I see somebody posting three times a day on Facebook, they are gone. I'm not going right. <laughs> to, I'm, I'm done with them. On Facebook, you don't want to hear from somebody even every day, in my opinion. Yeah. I post about three times a week, and okay. I don't see a whole lot of brands that get more engagement on their posts than I do. So I, that's just my personal experience is People are posting too much on Facebook. I would scale it way back and get a killer post when you're going to post. Don't just post because you ha- cause, you know you feel like sharing or it's going to be good for my business if I put something out there. Wait till you really have something kind of cool to share with them and then okay. you're going to get some movement. Very cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. Well, I guess I'm doing all right with that because I always worry – I do maybe three or four a week. Good. I'm like, ah, am I not engaging enough or, you know, but that's, that sounds, that sounds good. I like that. (laughs) No, that's good. But then when you do post, get in there and reply to as many comments as you can, like their comments. You know, if they share a picture back with you, like their comment, you know, be sure you really do move with them when they, when you do post, but I'm fine with three or four times a week. Great. Cool. Yeah. That's one thing I do is every, I respond to every single comment, Good. every question I try to, stay right on it and make people feel like they're part of some kind of community, maybe as small as it is, but I don't want to just leave them hanging. So mm-hmm. very cool. Awesome. Um, let me see what else I've got here. I guess the whole monetizing thing eventually, um, in, in terms of what the niche that I'm going for, I'm thinking like you were saying, eBooks is a good thing possibly for maybe, uh, a how to or concert photography tips. Does that sound like something that might possibly be a a direction to go with this niche. All right, I this I'm, you're I'm, you're bringing out my biases. <laughs> uh, tell me if you think this is true. Do you really? Do you think that I almost said that in a loaded way? Do you really think? Uh, do you think <laughs> that uh, that your audience is really the reading crowd? It, 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 maybe this is a terrible stereotype, but I would wonder if the concert growing, going crowd is really the type that would sit down, you know, curl up by the fireplace to an ebook. Do you think so? Some, I think the ones that maybe want to take pictures at the at the show would maybe wonder how to how to get better shots than the ones I always see. You know, you mm-hmm. see a lot of blown out shots. Their flashes up. You can see the guy the guy's back of the head in front of them and nothing on stage. Things like that. So, mm-hmm. almost maybe more of a really broad, super basic. Like if you're going to go to a show and you want to get some halfway decent pictures, here's a bunch of things you can do. Maybe that kind of thing where it's tailored more towards a fan that maybe wants to document their experience. Sure, right. Um, maybe that sort of thing. I don't know. What would you it's say is something. the average age of your of your target market? I mean, I'm sure you'll that'll kind of evolve as you get to know them a little bit more and it builds out. But what would you say right now is the average age? I'm, it seems to be 
20 to 30 probably is, is the bulk of it. And more male or female or equal parts? I think more males last time I checked. Okay. I heard something. I saw one of those little memes that people were passing around on Facebook the other day uh, that some that it said the something like, what's the best way to annoy a millennial? You know, somebody that was, you know, <laughs> in a teenager during the 2000s. Uh, what's the best way to annoy a millennial? And the answer was to leave a voice message on the, on their phone. And I thought, <laughs> dang, that's true. I hate it when somebody leaves me a voice message. I would so much rather you just hang up and text me whatever you're going to say so I don't have to listen to that thing. And, <laughs> you know... We're, we're different. Uh, younger younger guys are just different in the way they operate. And for me, I, I do read. I mean, I read a ton. Uh, but if I had the option of either downloading a 60-minute video tutorial or a book, I want the video so yeah, much more yeah. than I want the book. But that's just me. I don't know if that's true for all millennials. I'm not saying that we don't read. I mean, I, I went to law school. I read a lot. I'm just saying that if I had the option between those two ways of learning, I would pick the video 100 times out of 100. So, sure. you know, I, I would, I would, you know, we're going to have to see what your audience really does want. And maybe my stereotype is just so off. It's not even funny. I don't know. But you can find out easily because let's see if your videos on your website, your YouTube content is more popular than, than your text. Let's see how that goes. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. But my suspicion is going to be that they're going to want videos. And yeah. if that's true, and, and that's true of my audience as well, that's actually significantly older. We of my Of the people that come to my website, the average age is about 30. Of the people that buy my products, the average age is about 50. And so we're, I have a lot of older customers who are wanting to learn photography. And so um, I, I don't know. It's going to depend on every audience. And even yeah. they still want video. So I don't know. We're going to have to see. But the advantage is if you do pick a video product, you know, a downloadable 60-minute how-to-case-a-concert kind of kind of thing, then when you do that, you can sell a video for a lot more than you can sell an ebook. You know, an ebook, sure. we kind of tap out at $30. You know, when people see a $29 ebook, a red flags of like, what the heck alert start to go right. up. Uh, it's been done. We've, there've been some expensive ebooks sold, but at 30 bucks, we all know that's not really what a book sells for. Even a New York sure. times bestseller, $24 and then you get it in a hardback. So I, I, I would say that's kind of a limit. Now, if you have a huge following, an ebook can be great. Or if you think you can get it on Amazon and to start rank high, then you get new people coming into your brand. So that can work really yeah. well. But with yeah. your current audience, you know, you can sell a video tutorial for $200, $400 without even blinking. I mean, we see that all the time with a digital product. I, so I think if you sell something for $99, $199, you could have a really really nice video tutorial great awesome very cool um another question do you ever post like outside content like if you see a news story on like f stoppers or petapixel do you ever sort of either i, I probably not link to it because that would drive people away from your site i suppose mm -hmm. um do you do you take content like that and maybe re repost it or in almost like a news context like oh hey check out this story blah 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 so what you're talking about is kind of an aggregator. 
And so a website like Petapixel or F-Stoppers, they're websites that they kind of look around at all the photography blogs and they post the best stuff. You know, they get permission. In fact, it happens pretty often that I hear from those guys and they'll say, hey, great article, you know, can I republish it on my website? Um, And that's a totally legitimate thing to do. You know, they're doing it with permission. They're doing it the right way and they build up great brands by doing it. So you can kind of do the same thing on a Facebook or social media page as well, sharing that kind of content. For me personally, I I, I just kind of like to keep everybody in a walled garden. Uh, for me, yeah. I, I don't link out a whole lot. Uh, probably not enough. A lot of people see great success by networking with others and just sharing each other's content all the time. That can definitely work, and I have seen success with that sometimes. But 99% of the time, I feel like I'm just kicking my traffic away. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's up to you. There are benefits and drawbacks to it. Definitely, if you can get in tight with a couple other websites that you're all going to help each other, that's great. But otherwise, I feel like I just kick the traffic down out of the way. So, yeah. it's, it's a personal preference thing, but I usually don't see great returns from it. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to drive people to another site to go read a story and then have them forget about your site, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing, when you're talking about the, uh, the Amazon affiliate thing, um, I've already, I signed up for that. I'm curious, like for family, do you, do you kind of reach out to people even aside from your blog and, and the friends and family? Hey, if you're, if you're going to go to Amazon to buy something, you know, use my, uh, affiliate thing, you know? Yeah, you, sure. Is that pretty common? Yeah. Now, do you have to have a specific product or is there like a generic go through your link and then buy whatever you want? Is it? It, yeah, you can like just that? you can just set up a page on your website that just has a big picture that says go to Amazon and and have your affiliate link in it. Then you can okay. just tell your buddies, "Hey, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, especially if it's expensive, just go to, you know, photoroady.com/amazon and click my link first." And okay, cool. when they do remember, I mean, if they're buying something expensive, you know, they're buying a new camera, it might be a $150 commission. That's pretty sure. cool. You know, if they're buying uh you know, a uh, uh, q-tips then it's probably 10 cents <laughs> wow <laughs> so every little bit it helps but yeah i mean sure ask your people yeah. and ask ask your audience too just say hey if you're going to amazon just try to remember go to my link and it helps me out a little bit especially cool. in the start it's a nice check to get like when it just rolls in it's like that is pretty darn cool i didn't have to do anything for that, <laughs> that that's exactly fun. That's nice fun. And passive. Now let's um, talk a little bit about your content. So we've sure. talked a lot about how you're going to market this website, how you're how you're going to get money from it. What do you have plans for your actual content on the website and how that's going to look and help people? I've been trying to think of subjects throughout the day, and that's one thing I was going to ask you. In the course of your day, are you always sort of aware of something oh that might be cool content or that might be cool to write about? I mean, is it I'm I'm trying to do that more and more and uh do you have any any specific, uh, or not specific, but general ideas on how to kind of be more aware of content generating ideas that you see in your day-to-day life? Is that just... Yeah, I mean, you're going to get better and better at thinking of the content. Uh, I've mentioned on the podcast before that, I mean, I have hundreds of articles that are yet to be written that I already have the headline, already have the idea for, and just haven't yeah. written yet. So for me, the problem is actually doing it. 
But in the beginning, I, I would definitely have one place where you can put it. You know, if you're an iPhone guy, you know, start a note, use the notes app and just yep. write all your titles there. If you're usually at a computer, then go to Google Docs and have your article hit list right there. Just have yeah. somewhere where you can always put it on there. Tell Siri, you know, Siri, here. <laughs> Remind me tomorrow at 7 p.m. that I've got to write that article about that thing. And she creates a reminder. Here's nice. your reminder for tomorrow at 7 p.m. <laughs> Shall I create Hopefully. it? <laughs> yeah, I do that with, uh, I use Evernote okay, on the, uh, my iPad mini. And uh-huh. it's, it's, it syncs to my iPhone and to my desktop. So if I, whatever I'm near, I can pop in a note and it syncs across all the devices, which kind of helps. So perfect. A lot of guys really like Evernote. I, it's just never caught on to me. I have tried so many times to get used to Evernote and I just can't. But that's awesome. If you're using it, I, a lot of people really love it. It seems to work, yeah. There's definitely they, they, there's a premium, I think, that lets you read them offline or whatever, but I've never really run into any issues where I need the premium right now. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've done I've got actually a note here with, you know, gear that I love, taking better concert photos, how to travel with your photo gear, things like that. Um, you know, so I, I, day to day, I'll see something and just make a note of it. And, and uh, I mean, how much content, another thing is how much to have ready to roll when you launch a site. Um, I... I, I'm doing an experiment with with that right now. On I usually recommend that you just start the website live right away. Don't do any robots.txt to keep Google from from indexing your information. Just put it up right away. Maybe don't don't push a whole lot of people to it yet, but but just get it up right away. For income school, I decided I'd try a little bit of a blitzkrieg technique where I waited, I spent months building out content so the website would look good, have a lot of people, a lot of things for people. Uh, I had a lot of podcast episodes ready to go, and then I started it all at once. I, I'm too young into income school to see yet if that was a good decision or not, but I, I would still say probably, I, I probably want to see you just releasing it as soon as you make it, just get that information out there. It's going to get you ranking higher on Google earlier. It's going to get search engines used to you. I think it's probably good to just start right away now with whatever you do have. But it's still, an, I just I just felt like experimenting with it this way. So, you know, six months from now, I'll probably have a better answer for, the answer for right. that. But right now, I'd say just publish it when you have it. Cool. Very cool. I think that's about all the questions I had, I think. Um, you know, I'm thinking about a podcast as well, maybe interviewing some local photographers here in Nashville, um, things like that. So that, you know, cool. A podcast could be really, really good. Um, a couple things. One are, do you feel like you're a good writer? Actually? Yeah. Okay. Good. I used to write for a school paper and and I've always been pretty, I, I feel pretty confident about that. So that's great. Do you feel comfortable on video? Uh, yeah, more and more lately, you know, Uh and you're okay with the podcast. That's great. The only thing I I always ask that because every once in a while I I run into somebody who wants to start a blog and they're just horrible at writing or they really hate being on video. And so if that's the case, I don't want that to be anything that holds people back because if you're not good at writing, don't just make a video blog. If you're not good at being on video, you don't like the way you look. Don't just do a podcast. You don't yeah. have to do one or the other. Just find where you're comfortable. But if you're comfortable everywhere, that's great. And that's me too. I I don't really care. I, I guess I was more nervous being on video in the beginning. But I mean, I've just done it thousands of videos now, and I sure. I just don't care. Sure. <laughs> I know yeah. I look like Quasimodo, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, what, what do you think of one other quick thing is in the position that I'm in about interviewing non-photographers, like I was thinking like some of the bands that I work with, interviewing them and asking them what they look for in good pictures or what from a, from a non-photographer perspective, like, cause they got, they do shoots all the time, thousands, they're in magazines. Uh, I thought it might be an interesting idea to kind of get their perspective on what do they like when they, when they look at pictures of themselves to kind of give the photographers an idea of, Oh, okay. That's what people look for. Cause you know, it's hard for us to tell sometimes we get so wrapped up in it. Yeah, I, I think that could be super cool. I Yeah, that could be very, very helpful. Okay. I One thing that I, I want to caution on a little bit is the interview podcast. Now, some some podcasters just, just kick butt with interviews and have done really well. But especially since John Dumas started Entrepreneur on Fire and has kind of it got everybody excited about uh, interview shows, I have seen hundreds of them just fall on their face interview mm-hmm. shows for me personally i get bored with interviews uh, when i listen to too many of them that's why on on this show i wanted to do something more interactive where i'm not just telling you tell me your story we wanted to do a, a coaching <laughs> call and let's like let's make this practical and get your business going you know instead of just sure. like i want to hear all about you you know um <laughs> Especially exactly. with successful entrepreneurs, because they don't even remember what it was like to start. Anyway, uh, yeah. that's a rant. Uh, but so the interview show, I guess what I'm saying is the interview show can go big time or it can fall flat on its face. So yeah. I generally recommend that we're going to give kind of a balanced approach. Uh, if we're going to do an interview, let's do it. But maybe let's not do it every time. I find that oh, with, yeah, yeah. with my podcast, that when I post an interview, even with, when it's like with a pretty big name, the podcast is not downloaded as much as when it's just teaching the topic. So okay. I don't know. I That's just what I've seen over and over and over and over again is the interview episodes don't go quite as big. So sure. it's something to consider. I'm not saying don't do them. And again, an interview podcast can be awesome, but we just have to be careful with them because I see more often than not they fall on their face, but they can yeah. work. Okay. Very cool. I think that's... Uh... That's about all my questions I think I had on uh, on this. I just need to get it rolling and uh cool. So what's your goal? What's your overall goal with your site? I would just like to get to a position where I guess I don't have to worry about working for somebody, you know okay. what I mean? I don't want to get too I'm not looking too over the top like I want I want to get rich and I want this and that. I want to be comfortable, have fun, do what I want to do, help people. Um with you know, your current lifestyle, how much would that be a month? I would love if you know five thousand a month. If and I can get you're to the totally level, comfortable, that'd be you know cool. enough for the for me and the wife and kids to go out to dinner a couple times a week, take them to the park, you know, do stuff that yep. we don't have to worry about. Oh, we can't afford that right now. Right. And obviously, if it grows beyond that, all the better. But right. I'm but that's where you're like, and, I've done this. This is I'm at yeah. the objective that I started with. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That. I. Put that on a post-it note and put it right on your computer. I mean, you can, that is so doable. 
You are in such a unique and unique position to make this happen. You have the knowledge. I know you're in a great niche. Uh, I mean, I'm going to share your stuff because uh, I don't do concert photography. In fact, I confessed this to my wife yes yesterday, maybe the day before last, and she said, "What? Are you serious? I've never been to a concert in my life. None of them. I've never even been to one. So Turn I don't up. know anything about concert photography. So uh, I'll share your stuff. Anyway, awesome. <laughs> I, I think you're you're in a great position to do this. To get five thousand a month is totally doable. Now, what you have to tell yourself is, am I desperate enough to reach that goal that I'm going to kick my butt into doing the work? Because you have a job. You are comfortable right now. And so what I'm most afraid of is that you're too comfortable to make this happen. You definitely have the knowledge. You definitely have the position. And this is such an attainable goal. And I know that especially because I'm in this same niche as you are. I know this is possible. The question is, are you too comfy that when you get home from work, you say, eh, I don't need to do that necessarily. I I got people already sending traffic to me. Eh, I don't need to do that. I already got a paycheck. And you say right now, when the business is new, you get so excited about it and you say, there's no way. I love doing this. But what's going to happen four months from now when you've built out the main site and it's maybe not grown as quick as you'd like? That's when people peter out. But I'm promising you, if you continue with this, you can go big. And if you aren't too comfortable, when we get back in five months and we catch up and see how things went, you're going to have some real success here. Awesome. Well, I, I'm feeling it now, so good. Uh, I don't think I'm that comfortable. So <laughs> good. I hope not. Just sit on a pin every couple of days and it'll exactly, get you excited yeah. again. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, John. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Bye. 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 When you're serious about launching your website, check out Jim's free step-by-step tutorials at IncomeSchool.com. Income School is a production of Improv Photography, LLC. Any opinions expressed by guests and callers do not reflect those of Improv Photography, LLC. Results mentioned not typical. Some links mentioned are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Some calls simulated. Improv Photography, LLC is not a law firm and does not give legal or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a competent licensed CPA or lawyer licensed in your jurisdiction before making business decisions.